Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's bi-weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. Recorded at the PW offices in New York City, I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out at publishersweekly.com slash comics. Hi, and I'm Heidi McDonald. I am also co-editor of PW Comics World, as well as graphic novels review editor for Publishers Weekly and the editor-in-chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. This week on More to Come, The Weekend Gender. Skype hype, uh, bringing uh, comics creators to a local comic shop near you. Foreign comic cons proliferate. Uh, the second year of Kirby for Heroes and the Hero Initiative. And news briefs. So let's get right to it. Uh, the week in gender, women in comics, and even more horrible thoughts. Right, right. Well, isn't every week gender week, really? Like These days. Right it's just a constant, uh, well, as it should be. I mean, there's a constant flow of stupid, so there's a <laughs> yes, constant flow yes, of pushback against the stupid. But, uh, and it's also quiet time in the news cycle, so things... Rocks that are thrown in the pond send out very big ripples. Absolutely. So there was a couple of things that had ripples uh, that we didn't talk about last time, but they've been rippling for a few weeks now. And uh, one of them was an interview with Mark Miller, the creator of mm-hmm. Kick-Ass and Nemesis and uh, many, many other books, and uh, where he was quoted in an interview in The Atlantic uh, as he was asked, why is there so much rape in his stories? And he said, well, it's a story device, and just like decapitation, and you know, it shows people are horrible. And uh, there was a lot of pushback against that, saying you shouldn't really understand that rape is not the same as decapitation, and uh, Mark Miller's a jerk. <laughs> um, well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, then well, another... We've been down this road before. We've been down this road so many times before. And we'll probably have to go down it again. Yeah. Um, but, but Mark Miller wasn't the only one uh, who was raising eyebrows. No. But there was, uh, obviously, it was a panel discussion around the forthcoming PBS the, the documentary Superheroes, A Never-Ending Battle, it's coming up in October. Actually, I think it's going to be airing partly during New York Comic Con. Uh, but this was sort of a rollout, I guess, panel for the, uh, the documentary. And um, I think some of the questions were aimed at, you know, the role of superheroes, of women in the superhero genre. And we, I think they trotted out some of the, one of the worst cliches um, misogynistic well, you know, you know Alyssa Rosenberg for uh, yeah. wrote a story for Think Progress, and she's a wonderful writer, and she was the one who had questioned them, and. Uh, I- I think basically what she did was at the end of the panel she started asking these questions and uh, you know Jerry Conway hasn't worked in comics in 30 years just to point that out he's been in the TV business and uh, uh, you know Todd McFarlane has his ups and downs and and Len Wein is Len Wein and uh, they basically just fumbled around all three of them saying the stupid most tropiest toriest and then afterwards they were like oh well uh, you lack context um, yeah. stuff I wasn't prepared but I wasn't fact, prepared but the fact remains that kind of says something about where your brain is I know I know and, and I, I mean I, I think because you know Wayne and Conway like I worked with Len Wayne he's an awesome guy and you know his wife's a kick-ass lawyer and uh, you know if you ask Len he's definitely not a uh, he's definitely not an anti-feminist, okay? But I think he just comes from a time where when you're throwing that ball, you don't have the ready answer. There's a difference between judging the person and judging that thing they said. Yes, that's exactly right. We're not judging him as a person. No. No, we are judging yes. that thing he said. And it was stupid. And yes. saying, well, <laughs> I wanted to say a different thing does not change the fact that is the thing. Yeah. Uh, exactly. To me, these are both examples of uh, 
you know, people taking a quote and just running the hell out of it. And I, I I'm think curious you, to ask the both of you uh, the gist of their quotes. Don't they kind of exist in mainstream Absolutely. superhero comics Absolutely. right now? Yeah, of course. You know, I mean, it's true. The way uh, the women superheroes are portrayed, uh, the the mentality that you know this is uh, uh, that superhero comics are static, even though they change and rearrange the the, the furniture. Uh, I, I, superhero comics made me the lunatic comics fan I am today. I don't really read them with the same passion. I read them professionally now. I read them just. To try to barely keep up with what's going on, uh, I, I have problems with them as as really uh, a serious storytelling medium. They're a great storytelling medium. They're fabulous entertainment. Um, but I do think there is a point at which you know, if you really want to see some spectacular and wonderful comics that have women in them and women creating them, you know, it might not be the genre. To go to. I'm, in that sense, I'm almost agreeing with that. The great words of Todd McFarlane, to be emboldened to a female, <laughs> perhaps you should go elsewhere. Well, I mean, to give you a little background, once he said, he was like, oh, well, um, this kid in my life is reading Faith Aaron Hicks, so you should just read Faith Aaron Hicks and not superhero comics. And Faith Aaron Hicks had a comic where she was very peeved about that. Right, right. Um, right. You know, I mean, the fact of the matter is that People want entertainment out of comics, Absolutely. and they want to not be pointlessly offended by their entertainment. And I don't think that it's unreasonable for fans of superhero comics in particular, many of whom I are agree. completely aware of other genres and read them, Absolutely. to also, when somebody is being a bizarre fossil on the subject, be like, what? Why? Because, as uh, a number of posts pointed out, you know, they were claiming that it was... You know, financial considerations that you can't have female superheroes done well, that it's because society's not ready for it, and people had long lists of ones that did well, and yeah. society well, was you know, ready for I, this is This is to me, I mean, and I did some pushback against both of these. I, I, I haven't actually commented on either of these issues uh, until this podcast, just because to me, it's it's like, oh, guess what? A guy said something stupid. So, you know... <laughs> it happens all the time. It happens all the time, and it's also used to... To disarm and to dis to redirect the energies so many times, like you know, guys mm -hmm. always say something stupid to get girls goats, so that they get angry, to get their attention, and to rile them up, so that they they. And they, so you the know. guy looks like a a fearless truth teller, yes. and you know, and yes. the and the, the 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 person generally a woman who's like steam is coming out of her ears, look like right. she's out of control. Right. Exactly. Well, and, you know what? Uh, the answer but, to that is not to be like. Gosh, I won't contest that. No, well, yeah, and that's you not say, the case. Gosh, either. I won't contest that. But you know that. what, Kate? I, I, but this is what I but keep saying. It's like, and I'm backing up what Calvin says. It's like you have I, I, all these amazing women doing work and doing reading yes. genre material everywhere, and you know, it, unless we elevate Faith Aaron Hicks to the level of a Jerry Conway, okay? So she is on the stage at that Television mm. Critics Association. Then things will have changed. Okay. Yes. And that, and however, we're not going to elevate Faith Aaron Hicks just by yelling at men. We well, have no. to be proactive but about it. I think. I mean, I think that that doesn't mean. And I mean, okay, I'm going to back up here and say that when this came out, I was like, yes, that's another stupid thing. But then when I thought about it, I realized that this kind of thing is being presented to people as like just the truth. Right. Like this is just the way it is in comics. Um, this is the financial truth of the matter. 
this is the uh, artistic truth of the matter, and that's just the way it is. Super comics, hero comics just have to be this way. It can't be helped. And it's just so far from the truth that, you know, you can't really get deeply upset about it, but it's worth it to every time it comes up to smack it down like right. whack-a-mole. Uh, yes, I, I and say, agree. Yeah, I, yeah. I, mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that, we don't. I think women should do both. I, I think yes, they should, exactly. like, tear, tear these guys a new one when they, when they say this ridiculous stuff. And I also think that, you know, once again, you need to be out there talking about the comics that are good and not just about yes. the comics that I are really that bad. that is so true. But and people I, do. I, yes, it's I think they do. But, it's, but it doesn't but, get the same traction. Well, but I, but I do reason. think, for instance, in this discussion, uh, uh, overly focusing on Faith Aaron Hicks. Look, I, I love Faith Aaron Hicks, but you know what? You know, the, what was the, what's the one she did that they taught her the adventures of superhero girl? I mean, I'm sorry, that's not a superhero comics. That's not what they're well, talking no, that's about. That's what they were saying. It's a parody, but, no, and no, it's a charming parody. No, no, that's not what they were talking about. No. What they meant was that they actually the context was that you should read Faith Aaron, Aaron Hicks instead of superhero well, comics if you want to read about women, which. It's not an either-or proposition. No, no, no. It should be more an either-or And you should certainly read Faith and that's Hicks. What, she just, just well, yeah, but I mean, that's what she herself yeah. got annoyed about, yeah. that you, being used as a bludgeon against other women, that you should you just know, like her I, stuff I'll instead. Give you, I'll, give you, I'll give you an example, though, of what I'm talking about. You know, there was a list of the 50 best graphic novels that just came out of The Guardian, and the number one graphic novel was Persepolis. Yes. By Marjan Satrapi. Yes. Yes. Now, there is a very strong contingent of uh, comics literary critics who detest that book. And anytime it's lauded, mm. they're always like, ah, ah, gnashing their teeth, which I understand. It, it, you know, not it, every it's book fun. is to everyone's right? taste. Not every book is to everyone's taste, okay? But I mean, there are a lot. I mean, Persepolis is a book that has been put at the top of the pedestal for graphic novels, for non-expert mm-hmm. readers, time and time again, for over a decade since it came out. It's a classic. It's a literary classic, yes. people. Guess what? Yeah. It is a literary classic yeah. at this point. A classic beyond That's, the sometimes okay. small right, world right. Of, of the of comics. That's exactly what okay. I'm trying so. to say. So, but my whole point is, is uh, you know, here is like, I would rather be celebrating the accomplishments of our Marjan Satrapi than, you know, like wasting my energy on Len Wein and Jerry Conway and Todd McFarlane well, being inarticulate old fuddy guys. I so, agree. <laughs> exactly. But I, I agree. I, yeah. I, see what you're, I see what you're saying, Kate, too. That's not, okay, can I say what yes. I was going yes. to say? Yes. Which may not be what you were assuming <laughs> I, I was going all to right. say. All right, okay. Yes. Is, that, <laughs> is that as I spend a lot of time in the comics blogosphere and the areas populated by women, there are women every day talking about, I like this book, I like mm. that book, this book's good, this book's great. But the thing is, because there's no unifying force, and there can't be for just like random people saying this book is good, I like it. Right. It's not. It doesn't become a news story just because there's no unifying thread. Right. Um, and so it's there's a a counter cliche of like these women are outraged, therefore they're not spending enough time celebrating women right. in comics, right. which I do not find to be the case. Okay. It's just that when they're celebrating women in comics, it doesn't get linked everywhere because, you know, they're not celebrating women in comics as a whole. They're saying this comic by a woman or about women is good. Yeah. And other people say, yes, it is a good comic. And and it just doesn't get syndicated because why would it get syndicated? It's just another person saying they like the comic. Right. But, you know, I think... Oh, oh go and, ahead. I'm sorry. And, and I mean, frankly... Everybody's going to. I mean, comic fans like to complain yes. of every gender. <laughs> well, Humans like to complain. That's well, sort of like that's, that is true. Yes, like it says in Ecclesiastes, <laughs> moan about the olden days. <laughs> but I mean, look, I mean, I mean, I don't think 
that it should be placed upon women that it's female comic fans who are these big whiners who are always complaining about the stuff because men riled them up when comic fans in general you can like there's a whole list i can think of like 10 topics where i can walk into any comic store in this country and if i say any of these statements i will start a flame war in person in two seconds um for for i want a list of those genders. please i want a list of those <laughs> Uh, but because uh, you could be, you should uh, for that new show, Fangasm, that would be perfect. You know, like you should be one of the writers in the show. But well, um, I, I, I do agree with you that complaints get a little bit higher and more traffic than someone saying I really love this book. But I frankly do think uh, that on the, the various blogs, um, the beat and other places, um, the Comics Alliance and the like. I mean, that I I'm. I, I do think there's way more editorial attention sometimes given to, you know, what's pissing me off this week. Nothing wrong with that. That's what reporters, that's what news organizations do. But I do think there needs to be a bigger platform to talking about books that, 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 that we love and that we think, you know, actually does kind of uh, um, evoke what we think of the best. And I, I, mean, I also feel like, I mean, I, I, I just feel that... Uh, well, then be the change well, you want to be. Well, exactly. But, I mean, I'm trying. Sure. I am totally trying to do that. And I'm trying not to always have, like, I noticed Gail Simone. It was it was either Gail Simone or Amy Chu or somebody was like, oh, I'm off to the Women in Comics panel at Toronto. I'm like, f*** that. I mean, sorry. <laughs> bleep that out. But uh, I'm mean, just, oh, God, why does it have to be? You know, I just put together, I'm putting together my panels for New York Comic Con, and uh, they're completely gender uh, mixed, and they're not about gender. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I feel but that for women, right, the other. but I, under, yes, I understand, but I honestly feel like the, it's more important to be seen in a gender neutral arena, uh, accomplishments in a gender, uh, in a gender neutral arena. I, I just feel that's super important. And yeah, sometimes absolutely. these outrage machines, like, get carried away with them, is all I'm saying, so... Well, Okay. Yeah, no, right. I agree with you. Right. I mean, I don't want it to be in the context of like you know the the set aside. You know, right. you know, we've got a few little spaces over here for good. I mean, in the context of the other great comics mm -hmm. that you're talking yeah. about, uh, and right. there's lots of great comics but to I, talk about but, today. Yeah, and I mean, I don't. I I mean, I don't. I, I you know the efforts that you're talking about, Kate, are fantastic as well. And I mean, if it wasn't for this whole you know geek army of nerd girls who are on the internet, really creating their own media and everything, I mean, I think yeah. that's a huge part of all this, whether they're complaining or praising. But yeah, I mean, they're they're comics fans. I yes. mean, people talk about the twenty five percent number like it's low, but really, and at the same time, the twenty five percent number being the the vague number that they think like 25% of comic consumers are women. Um, that, like, that's significant. Even if it's not 50%, like, that's a large chunk. That's right. 20-25% right. of your audience is significant to pay mm -hmm. attention to. And I think people, if, if left to itself, the cultural current seems to say that comics fans are default men, and then maybe their girlfriends who sort of drifted in on the side... And I think people feel, understandably, that if they don't say anything, that anyone who is not intimately familiar with the medium, and many of whom are intimately familiar with the medium, will just somehow mentally wipe out the women from the picture right, right, and think they don't right, exist. Right. And so, you know, they're just being loud and opinionated on the internet like every other flavor of comics fan. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think that's very important. I think you also need to look at history because... 
just in, in terms of where we need to be. And I think we're a lot farther along than they were. But, you know, when I was a kid, there would be, uh, you know, people would say, oh, well, haven't there been any women who did comics? They would say, oh, well, there was Marie Severin. And, you know, it's just her birthday yesterday. She turned mm. 84. She's absolutely one of my idols. She was a bullpen. She worked at EC Comics. She was with the original bullpenner. And I kind of always got the idea that Marie Severin was the woman cartoonist. Uh, because whenever anybody said, was there ever a woman cartoonist, they'd say Marie Severin. <laughs> but I was just looking yesterday at her superhero art. And, I mean, she should have just been mentioned, you know, mm. like in the list of all the good artists. Yeah. Because she shouldn't have ever yeah. been segregated. Sure. She was just as good as they were. Sure. You know, maybe she wasn't Kirby or Ditko, but, but then again, she only was, Kirby you know, and, and Ditko yeah, were Kirby, Kirby and, and Ditko. Yeah, right. Most of, yeah. the, most of the men don't measure up against right. those two either. Exactly, so. you know. And I mean, her work was, was you know, just... It was it was brilliant. It but was amazing. We're learning today, of course, that there were many more yeah. women yes. Golden Age yes. uh, uh, cartoonists as well. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, um, uh, the list of women cartoonists that we need to be talking about as we talk about cartoonists generally... Uh, it goes back historically as well as on the contemporary scene. Uh, we need to remind ourselves that this 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 ain't no new thing. Yeah, uh, and, and that women create yeah. comics and, I, and, just, and are important I, characters. And I want, in listen, I, Kate, I, I want. I think uh, hopefully you will carry on this battle. I'll just say, as I, you know, walk down the path of life. Uh, I have a diminishing amount of energy, and I, I choose to give <laughs> yes. my energy well, yeah, to the positive. And, by, if, I, and if, if I may add, I do a podcast every week with two women who know way more about comics than I do. Uh, you, I'm sure you figured that out for yourself by now, but I may as well just admit it. So I mean, you know. To, to be fair, I spend a straight lot. talk here. <laughs> I, I mean, for all the you know, when I think about it, yeah, you know, I'll get all, hey, what are you doing? on our podcast I mean to be frank that's like low on my list of things I think about when I think about comics usually I'm thinking about or talking about I like this I like that why'd that person do this dumb thing yeah what, you know, what's, what's up a, with this what's movie? it like to go through life as a DC fan I mean you know there's a lot <laughs> yes it's hard oh, no. life is hard oh, no. as a DC fan oh, yeah. I mean we live in a weird uh, parallel comics universe here at Publishers Weekly uh, Team Comics um, it's not wholly direct market, and it lists a little bit more toward the book trade. And I think in our just in our general conversations, just walking around here, there's a and it's an incredible range. There's an incredible range. It's not even thought about. But we're not, in some ways, we're not this like this fanboy click that has kind of this stereotype that's ruled the medium. So it, it, it can sometimes seem shocking when we hear of these panel discussions and these comments because we don't really live in that world. Yeah. A different planet. <laughs> it's, yeah. a, it's another yeah. world, but it's still a world that's out there. I like my world. we've seen the changes that have come over <laughs> on the comics world. So it's a little shocking to hear the people saying this kind of stuff. But it also reflects, once again, on some of the incredible flaws that remain in the, the, the comics, in the culture of so-called mainstream comics, which, of course, is, you know, is stands the whole word mainstream on its head, but right. there you go. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I feel the like... Specific, the superhero genre. Yes. I mean, the, the big two, as it were. Yeah. You know, I mean, I am a broad-based comic fan. I like all the arty things they like, too. But, um, but you know, I'm not going to leave superhero comics because there are plenty that make me happy. And so that's why when people pretend they don't exist, I'm a very confused person. <laughs> don't want Kate confused. That's a scary concept. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Skype hype. 
Um, a new old concept, but it's coming to the comic shop market now. Um, Jimmy Paul Palmiati. Who are the other guys that are uh, launching it? Steve Niles. Steve Niles. And, uh, and even though the story appeared on the beat, I did not yes, write it. But it's I, a, and Ron Mars. But it's, it, look, it's a great concept. Actually, it, I, I think I wrote my first story about uh, doing like in-store events with Skype probably about two, three years ago. This is a great concept. Basically, you use Skype, Google, Hangout, whatever you want. You set up a big screen in your store and you have, you know, whomever you can get. And mm-hmm. and very often that means really great artists who maybe can't always travel. Uh, maybe they, you know, obviously comics artists is more, maybe it's somehow more than prose writers are really chained to their desks. So yeah, this is a great idea. It's great for it. stores. It's great for fans. It's great for uh, the artists as well. Um, and 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 any kind of store today, any kind of bookstore, be it a comic shop or a prose book store, in-store events are really what drives sales. Yeah, so. absolutely. But isn't Skype hype like now sort of a planned, organized attempt at this to make it? Yes, that's, that's yeah. I think that's just what they're. Doing. But I'm just saying that this has been going on in the uh, general trade book yes, world for yes. a few years. No, but what I meant and is, it should be happening in the comics uh, world. But as well. I just meant to explain what this particular iteration yeah, of yeah, is I, I, to I, our yes. listeners. Yes, please do. I thought you were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's. I know that. I know that Steve Niles well, and Jimmy have, yes, have they launched have done this. It, and basically, <laughs> they have a whole bunch of uh, retailers that are involved in their network. Basically, so uh, they will be putting their Skype pipe events, and you know they're bringing in other creators such as Joe Hill, uh, Matt Miner, Britt Gerwitz, uh, and um, so you know. I yeah, mean, yeah. basically, they're just organizing it a little bit more, and they they just have said we are available. Stores, right. do you want to do this? And bringing them in. And, um, you know, that's the next wave. It's a little bit like the Jetsons, as far as yes. I'm concerned. Or Blade Runner. Remember that creepy scene? And, but anyway, uh, yeah. But so this then, is also something that an individual store can do themselves. Right, also. exactly. You know, they've obviously got have outreach to the comics community. But any store can do right. this. And but certainly an organized effort is, yeah. is great. Well, I mean, it's, it's already been tested at two stores, the yeah. Skypipe program, at Escape Pod Comics and Neptune Comics. Um and so, you know, it's, it's not just they're talking about it. They've yeah, actually done it. Airy, you know, they're doing done. it. And uh, this opens up uh, an almost infinite realm of creators to an infinite yeah. realm Absolutely. of stores. Absolutely. And uh, in a world where access is everything, uh, this is more access. And I, you yeah. know, I wouldn't be surprised to see this tool become huge just very, yeah. very quickly. Yes, and then burn out very quickly and move on to the <laughs> next level of it, you know, where you must have Skype up dogs juggling in order to even get uh, an event listing. There you go. There you go. Well, you know, um, why limit yourself to people who are actually in the room? Right. We don't. There you go. There you go. There you go. Uh, actually, I'm doing a Skype. Um, I'm going to be at South by Southwest uh, next year, and I'm, we're we're planning a panel around the Skype event. So everybody's doing it. Folks. Right, right, right. So, um, well, next up we have uh, you know foreign Comic Con. Foreign Comic Con. Uh, we just are finally recovered from San Diego Comic Con and unpacked. <laughs> yes. I just got my box shipped home, so uh, it's all over, people, for 11 months. But, uh, you know, we all think Comic-Con in San Diego is the big one, but it really isn't. It's just the sort of uh, medium-sized mm-hmm. one with a lot of movie stars. Uh, comic just wrapped up yes. in Tokyo, which is billed as the world's largest comic show. It drew 590,000 people, a record, uh, over three days. 200,000 people each day. And, and they have two of them. Those, yeah. That thing is twice yes, a year. Yes, they have one in August yeah. and one uh, during and Christmas, it's, it's, which is not a holiday. And, and to explain, Comic Cat is even more out there than a regular Comic Con in that it doesn't just have the pros; it also has a wide variety of fans 
just there selling their dujinshi yeah. to other well, fans. Well, as I understand it, 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 it isn't even, I, I mean, are pros even set up there? I, I uh, believe it, it's mostly like dojinshi, which is fan-made, fan-made, fan, comics. fan-made comics that are, are basically what we call fanzines or slash or whatever. Well, some of them are, are what you would call fanfic mm-hmm. in comic form, but some of them are original creations, mm. which you would call super small press, like micro press. Mm. So where it's their own characters, it's their own work, but they don't have a publisher yet, so they're just printing it themselves and selling it at Comic-Con. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, the great uh, accounts of, of Comic-Con, uh, is uh, in Genshkin, the, uh, the, oh, the yeah, series. The, the it's manga. a fabulous yeah, series. Yeah, it really yeah. takes you right into... Well, uh, you to, know, I, I know the CBLDF's Charles Brownstein uh, yes. was just there. Maybe, yeah, but sometime we'll have him do a little report on, on the, what he saw. We're negotiating well, with Yes. Him. Well, we brought up this uh, just uh, also... Uh, just on Tuesday, as we record this, the Taipei Comic Exposition. Uh, round, nearly as many. Yes, that had 582,000. So only 8,000 more, and it would have been as big as Comic Cat. This, one, however, was a six day affair. And uh, I, I looked at a, a whole bunch of links, a little hazy, but on uh, what was exhibited there. But the, the, the promoters were very big on how it was bigger than ever. They had 49 guests, they had 450 exhibitors, some of them. Uh, selling books, some selling shower curtains. Um, and, and I got the impression that... As the, for Comic-Cons everywhere. Yes, yes. 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 <laughs> I got the impression that Comic Exposition might be more of just a pop culture, kind of a fest. And as I wrote in my piece, you know, how soon before they take the comic out of Comic Exposition. But uh, anyway, another huge show. And uh, you know, as I look at the, the news coming in, yet another uh, country that is really bursting with Comic-Cons is India, yeah. where they've had one in Mumbai, They've had one in um, Bangalore. Bangalore, and now there's one coming to Hyderabad. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, these, I, I don't have any uh, actual attendance uh, figures for these, so I, I can't yeah. compare them. But uh, definitely seems to be an up-and-coming territory. Well, it's not surprising. And you, <coughs> Comics are big in India, yeah. but they typically haven't been a, and we a should also, modern industry, mm-hmm. yeah, as we accept. We should also it. point out that you know there are now, is there, there's a Mideast Comic-Con yes. as well. Yes, absolutely. And aren't there really huge ones in Brazil? Well, Brazil has long had very long big had comics. One. Yeah, it's not comics a new arts, one there, yeah, yeah, they're comics yeah. arts festivals. Yeah. Again, I don't have population, yeah. I, or population, I don't have attendance. I think they're more along the lines of under 100,000. I don't think they're as big, but they're very... Yeah, um, we live in a bustling yes. city, And even this and weekend, uh, you know, <laughs> comics are coming to Canada. Yet again, the t- uh, Toronto Fan Expo is taking place, which is a oh. show we don't really talk about, but it mm-hmm. is the third largest one yeah, in North America, uh, right after San Diego and yeah. New York Comic Con, so... That's right. And check out Heidi's um, story about the biggest Comic-Cons in North America, uh, right. publisherswiki.com well, slash comics. Yes, my chart. My yes, very controversial chart. Yes, yes. Very controversial. Oh, what's controversial about it? Have well, a lot of people are like, what was it on it? And where did I get these numbers? And so there's more to come on that. Okay, there you go. Always more to come. Um, Kirby for Heroes. Yes. Much has been spoken about, even on this podcast, even as of last podcast, about the contributions made by the late great Jack Kirby to comics as we know them and the lack of remuneration for him and his heirs. Well, his 96th posthumous birthday is coming up on the 28th and the Kirby family um, is endorsing this program called Kirby for Heroes, which is they're saying if you love Jack Kirby's work that for his birthday we would love if you would donate to the Hero Initiative which is uh, a charity for helping creators who have fallen on hard times. 
Yeah, that's yeah. a great, yeah. great, great it's a idea. Terrific, uh, uh, you know, I feel that there's so effort. many comics creators who are reaching their silver and golden years uh, without really a safety net behind mm. them. And uh, the Hero Initiative has done some wonderful work, and uh, you couldn't ask for a better mm. comics charity. It's a freelancer's profession, people, and um, it's a hard road to hoe. It's a hard road, absolutely. Uh, and particularly when we're talking about classic guys, you know, um, of the generation following Kirby, it's. Uh, Sometimes things can happen. You can can be tough on people. So yes, um, and that's not all. Yes. Comic creators are encouraged to draw and post online a birthday card for Jack Kirby on Jack Kirby's birthday, and then uh, the Hero Initiative will then auction these birthday cards off. And last year they made thousands of dollars for the Hero Initiative this way, and they're hoping to make more this time. So, so a good cause uh, in honor of. The King of Comics. Moving on to um, news briefs. Documentary called Comics Undressed from the internet organization Lady Drawers uh, has made its $15,000 goal and went over by $600 for a documentary about representation uh, comic creators who are women or, you know, not white or not in any way fitting the general imagined profile of who draws comics. That we were finished trashing earlier. Mm-hmm. Like it's just men. Yeah. <laughs> and goofy men at that. Yeah. Go on. Yes. Um, showing people creating <laughs> comics from a, a wider variety of comic creators than is typically imagined and showing how they do their work and what their life is like. Uh, and so this was a sort of a triumph because it sort of was an undersung project. It, it certainly doesn't have, you know, a million goodies to hand out. Yeah, it did make its, its crowdfunding. But it's made, made its crowdfunding. It just kind of squeaked by. It didn't mm-hmm. pass by much, under the wire, but, but it, it did yeah. it. Directed yeah. by, what's her name, Fran Sias? Yep, Fran yeah. Sias, yeah. Okay. yeah. So, In collaboration with uh, the uh, Lady Drawers, Lady Lady the yeah. Comics Collective. And so we look forward to seeing more from them. Yeah. Kyle Baker, after leaving comics and posting a wide variety of his previous comics online digitally for free on his website, has returned to comics with a new online comic strip called Meh. (laughs) (laughs) Meh. 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 So far, it seems to be very slice-of-life commentary in the world around us. We'll see what else comes out of the ever wacky Kyle Baker. We're glad to have him back. And He's funny and he can draw. And you can find meh at kbcartoonweek.blogspot.com On Saturn News, Mark Millar's magazine Clint is ending on issue 2.8. The magazine had not only articles on comics and previews of the next magnum opus from Mark Millar, but also, <laughs> also original comics from a wide variety of creators, including Celebrities such as Frankie Boyle and Jonathan Ross. Unfortunately, it had extreme scheduling issues. Um, issue 2.7, the last issue, came out in May. Yeah, it was, it was lagging. It was, it was lagging. It was kind of slow to come out. It had slowed yeah. down. Um, so, it bursted out of the gate, and then and it, it didn't. Yeah, well, so, you, you know, well, this happens to comics <laughs> magazines. It's not unheard of. This one is closing down. However, Titan is rescuing the more popular strips from the the magazine, and we'll be syndicating them in Titan Comics magazine. That's right, because yeah. Titan has just relaunched its own periodical comics line. So, yeah. one so two go with the way, for your serialized one comics. cometh back. Yes. And, as was much speculated when in that long ago day, 
Disney bought Marvel. Asgard is coming to Disneyland. Yes, that's right. Uh, Disney is now bundling Marvel characters with their popular uh, Disneyland and World attractions. Well, not Disney World yet. But... um, It's as if the Rainbow Bridge came to the uh, Rainbow Kingdom. Yes. Wow. Wow. Um, So they're not giving full details yet, but they are saying that a chance to visit Asgard... Who would pass that up? Who pass that up is coming to Disneyland in California... And there will be more Marvel-related announcements, we are promised. <coughs> and Captain America and an Avengers Academy is coming to a Disney-themed cruise ship near you. Oh. And basically, everywhere but Florida, where Universal Studios is still sitting on the rights. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, Universal has rights to all the characters and theme parks uh, east of the Mississippi. Uh, what's really interesting about Asgard coming to Disneyland is that they already have Hell in Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. If they still have that ride, I heard they might have taken it out there. It's been a while since I went. Uh, now they have Asgard, so perhaps they might add uh, Niflheim as well. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> More to um, come. And also, I, yeah, just quickly, uh, Marvel's also announced uh, the Marvel Experience. Can which you explain they, what that they, is? It, well, no, I can't because it's 4D. I don't really know what the 4D is. It's a, it builds as a transformative, interactive 4D roadshow, so that could really be anything. But they 4D? say motion, yeah, motion comics <laughs> are involved. So basically, it's going to be a, a, a stage show uh, that Isn't will. Or dimension time travel? It is. So that's very impressive. Well, that's okay. interesting because okay. Madame Tussauds in New York has something called the Marvel Experience, oh. which I don't know if it was a test run for this, um, sort of a lesser little brother yeah. or the actual thing. Probably not. Probably if they're bringing it to the big yeah. guns, they'll yeah. have something new and shiny. But yeah. um, No, I'm sure it'll be a very... Uh, yeah, it, it's being put together by some of the people behind Live Nation. And indeed, one of the producers of the Spider-Man... Turn off the dark Broadway show, and we know what a smooth path that had. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully no one will be maimed or killed. (laughs) Yes. No live hammers, guys. It will never end well. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) But now, on that lighthearted note, to an even happier note, our picks of the week. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, Where do we start with? Um, Oh. Avril Lavigne, who actually I was like lucky enough to meet several years ago uh, when she uh, well she just sort of collaborated manga, right? on that she did a yeah, manga on a, for, on a it, comic yeah was she was it for Cadence no it was for Del Rey no it was for Del Rey, Del Rey. yeah yes it was for Del Rey and uh, we got to meet her in a little like you know uh, press meetup she was very nice but she's got a new um, video out for her latest song whose name of it escapes me but uh, I like the video uh, it's really kind of a takeoff on. Tank girl, comic book culture, that's lots of, um, you know, sound effects. But, you know, she's very cool. Uh, she's got a sidekick. It has steampunk lobsters. There you go. Uh, there's not a kangaroo in it, but there is a, a fake dog head. Uh, and, you know, Avril Lavigne can play tank girl for me. There's a bear shark. Yes, yeah. there is a bear shark. Uh, and there is a decapitation. So yeah. I won't... Oh, more than a that. Bit, it would be a spoiler. A little reminiscent of uh, perhaps uh, the, that uh, My Chemical Romance is uh, na 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 video. But 
anyway yeah. uh, you know what more videos like that is good um, yeah. you know my pick of the week isn't out yet but it's another Kickstarter it's uh, Cynical Man number two by the great Matt Fizzell the stick cool. figure cartoonist uh, I, I ran a little item about this and I was amazed at who came out of the woodwork as being a Matt Fizzell fan uh, which I mean I'm not surprised that he has fans I was just heartened that there were so many of them he's an original mini comics artist in the 80s with characters like cute girl stupid boy and cynical man and uh, you know the, you can order uh, your copy of the new book by going on his Kickstarter so uh, good deal all around and another comic that is not out yet but coming soon on September 3rd, oh, glorious day, Viz is finally bringing to the United States Midnight yes. Secretary. Midnight. Now, for all of you comic fans out there who do not know of this glorious mashup, in Japan there is a genre of manga called Joho manga, which is all about very dedicated people working very hard. And <laughs> Only in Japan. Only in Japan. And being very dedicated to their office jobs. No matter what. Yes. And so someone thought, you know what Joho Manga needs? Vampire romance. So the heroine of uh, Midnight Secretary wants to be the best secretary ever and is hired by an extremely difficult boss who turns out to be a grumpy vampire. And so, of course... Even as she falls in love with him, she's more worried about how vampire romance will affect the company and her ability to do her job. It's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> and it's now coming to the United States. And people, you should read it. That's the best, uh, best title for a manga since, But You're My Teacher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, well, we're, we're fans of manga titles here, yeah. as you can probably tell. Believe us, there's more to come. There's always more to come. Yes, okay.